I want to kind of, this is actually something I was going to talk about. So I want to kind of answer this question okay. real quick. Um, one of the questions that came through was, I'm curious about why some trainers insist that women need to exercise differently than men. Um, this was another topic I want to touch on is because of marketing. So if you can market that, you know, a woman needs trained differently, there's going to be women that adhere to that and think that that, okay, I need to go to this coach because they specialize in working with women. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, this whole like look in bios and you'll see this. I'm a woman who helps women, women get stronger and all that. Why are you only working with women? Why yeah, is that? I can understand but, if like you want to do like the uh, yeah, I'm female gonna, empowerment. Yeah. I'm going to get to that. Yeah. So one, there is a, like ladies fitness, lady super fitness that's down the road or wherever. I think, it's yeah. an all female gym. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it because that is a place where only females can go to get together, work out, mm -hmm. not have to worry about any male shit in there. You know, uh, feel like secure in their own environment. Right. right. Um, so classic, like females like to work with females mm -hmm. sometimes because they feel more comfortable working with females. Not a fucking issue at all. If your whole thing is I'm a woman and I want to train women. I don't care to train with men. I want to help women. And you are hundred percent pure, genuine about that. Mm hmm good on you go fucking do it the problem is people some people are using that as a ploy to oh, gain a marketing tactic yep to gain women and deceive women into it's the classic you know i got you because i'm a woman i get it you know come on in feel safe train with me i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i don't know what i'm doing and i'm probably gonna fuck you up but oh well you know so it's not a genuine safe. thing. Got it's it. a marketing ploy to pull them in. Now, it's I'm not going to like target anyone and say, okay, this person's doing it. But I'm telling you there's people that just aren't genuine about it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's no different than the male who, you know, only works with male, young male bodybuilders. You know, there's guys like that around yeah. here. Like... Is it because you only want to help the up and coming young bodybuilder? Is it because they're too stupid to know your bullshit? And <laughs> you know what I mean? They're too young and dumb yeah. to know how fucking stupid you are. And you think that like you're a father figure to them and you're going to fucking help them mm -hmm. and stuff when you're actually masking the fact that you don't, you can't get them to a higher level. That's why the higher level guys aren't coming to you. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, we can play it from both ends. It's not just, you know, females, it's guys doing it too. Um, but in a sense, like, yeah, it's, it's a whole marketing technique mm -hmm. that, um, for example, like, you know, I, I, I've always waited for a woman to come in and say like, excuse me, <laughs> finally got me the monster. Um, I've always waited for like a woman to come in and say like, well, I want to work with a female on my nutrition because I feel like they're going to just know my body better and then break down like how many females I've worked with, yeah. the types of females I've worked with, the hormonal issues that I've worked with, the, you know what I mean? All that mm -hmm. stuff. It That'd be like going to, 
your doctor that's a gynecologist and saying, I'm sorry, I want to go to a female gynecologist because I don't think you'll understand like <laughs> <laughs> what I have going on. Ah, shit. That, and that, that doctor at that point's like 10 years of schooling and this is what I get. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like it would literally be the same thing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, there's, uh, uh, very good for on the on you know the female hormone side there's very good coaches that know more than me um that are female and male you know so it's like there's no there should never be any bias to like same as like you know female strength coaches there's female strength coaches that are really smart you know but there shouldn't be like this male bias of like well that's a female i'm not gonna get trained by a female right. strength coach like Knowledge is knowledge. Uh, she probably knows more than you, dude. So you probably should <laughs> listen, you know. But um, <clears throat> you know, there should never be that sort of bias. But um, yeah, to answer that question, long-winded. That's kind of where we're at there. But um, do you have anything to add to that one? No, I agree with you. It's a lot of marketing. I think it, in terms of, like I just said, no, I'm good, and then I'm gonna spout this off. When you said earlier about just like putting out bullshit, you know, inauthentic content in order just to put out content. Yeah. I think that there are people out there who put out really good information about physiological differences between men and women that need to be kept in account or, you know, kept in consideration. Are they drastic? Yeah, within the training aspect, I can't speak on that. You're going to know much better than I would as a coach and also as a nutritional coach. Mm -hmm. But I can say physiologically, are there differences? Yes. Yeah. However, that information, like that set of differences, then gets taken yeah. and used as a marketing ploy and like yeah. blown up and it becomes this whole yeah. mindset that just can't get well, beyond and, rid of. And this is a thing, like to back up on that, yes, we can say like the differences as far as for the most part, mm -hmm. there's going to be recovery differences. There's going to be differences in uh, tendon strength and recoverability there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be difference in a lot of times flexibility. You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so in a sense, sure. Traditionally, females can handle more volume than males. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's not to say like they need to like what we're getting as they, they don't train completely different. Okay. A female shouldn't do squats. Right, like, it, like know, it some gets dumb blown like out that. of proportion yeah. to turn into things like that. Yeah, like no, yeah, like, it, they're my. I should say minute because I don't want to downplay them. Mm -hmm. But like in the grand scheme, uh, the they're classic, not that the big. classic one. Females, um, females uh, respond to high intense training better than males. That's one that I've heard multiple times from people that like females should train with hot like basically do classes do like crossfit do high intense oh, workouts okay. more like than hit training yeah hit training more than males and it's like like dumb shit like that you know is what they what gets put out now could they recover better than a male maybe you know yeah, depending on, on what it on is on the recovery is. side yeah yeah but that doesn't mean that they should do it like there's no rebuttal to it like flat out they should do hit training over a male Mm -hmm. No, that's not like you don't just make that blanket statement, right? Right. So, <sighs> um, mm -hmm. uh, why sports specific athletes shouldn't do CrossFit uh, for their strength training only? Meaning, like, 
you'll see this, and especially like with younger people, their parents might have done CrossFit or something like that. They'll take them to a CrossFit gym um, or, you know, in their garage or wherever, and they'll have their kid do CrossFit, right? And I'm not saying like it's not, it's good for young kids to move around. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get them moving around, cool. But like at an athletic performance age, when it's time to train that, mm-hmm. no, that's not what they should be doing. Um, CrossFit is not sports performance. The same way as we always say powerlifting is not sports performance. Weightlifting is not sports performance. Right. You know, Bodybuilding is not sports performance. Sports performance is something that encompasses basically everything. Mm-hmm. I, I Let's just use that. Everything. It encompasses everything. Okay. But you have to tweak it per the sport to make it sports specific, right? So the way you would train a volleyball player is not the way you train a wrestler. Right. You know, this is sports specific. Now, these sports specific gyms don't understand that and they train everyone the same. So, Very much a group model. Yeah. Um, so when you. Go and I, I mentioned that I would kind of knock this a little bit too. When you go to a sports specific uh, training gym, a sports performance gym, or you're just doing your high school training, you're already diminishing possibilities mm-hmm. because that is a group program. It is not an individual program and it is not a lot of times a specific program to your sport. Right. Um, many of them have been caught training multiple sports the same way rather than having a set different program for each sport. Mm -hmm. One. Two. At those gyms, you are generally, and this goes, you know, we can say the same for CrossFit, you're generally going to have a lower level coach in place of them. Why? Because higher level coaches do not work for that type of pay. It does yep. not mean speaking from experience, <laughs> it does not mean that the higher level coach didn't teach the lower level coach how to do it. Right. And that lower level coach is still a good coach and can be up and coming. Not to say that. But most of these gyms, ninety five percent of them, mm-hmm. do not have a higher level coach that they learned from. All right. They do not have someone higher in place that has shown them how to do this. They are babysitters at best from what we've seen, Mm -hmm. from what, you know, but people would rather go pay, you know, whatever, $100, $150 a month, throw their kid in some classes, group training with the pro, you know, their team or whatever, would rather do that than spend a few hundred on a program and maybe some sessions to learn some things to where the kid can actually train themselves in a, in a, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, this is why if you go to like, you know, everyone wants to quote Eric Cressy, right? Go to Eric Cressy and ask him how much it is to train with them. And let me know you, you know, you high school parents, let me know how that goes for you. Let me know if he's if he's going to take yeah. you on. You know, everyone wants to quote him, but they don't follow what he says about strength training and everything else, right? Unless it already goes with what yeah. it is that they are looking to yeah. 
like justify. And it's no different when you come across other higher level coaches that are, maybe aren't on an Eric Cressy level, but like are a higher level coach within what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like me, who is $75 an hour, I'm not going to take your kid and train them, you know, three, four times a week for anything less. I mean, maybe, maybe you get a slight discount, right? But I'm not going to magically say like, yeah, sure. I'll train your kid uh, four times a week for a hundred bucks a week. That's not worth my time. Mm -mm. I would never do that, you know? Um, So when they go to these places, they look at it as their kids getting a workout, a -hmm. good workout, they think. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not a good workout. It's not an optimal workout. You're you're literally going in and flushing your money right down the toilet. Walk in next time, take your $100 bill, throw it in the toilet, piss on it, and flush it. Because that's essentially what you just did. And they, But they don't understand that. And you can't explain that to people because they don't get it. And you don't get it till you have a good coach. You know, yeah. you're going to get what you pay for. You go to Walmart and you spend... $500 on stuff, walking out with a lot of shit, right? You go into, you know, I don't know. What's something? I I'm not a high-end buyer, uh, but go go into uh, the fucking... This tells, uh, us, tells people a lot about us. Right yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that one up. But go, go to the mall even and spend $500. It's probably going to be different. But... Um, you know, well, fuck. I mean, like you even go to, go into express and pit and spend 500 bucks. You'll walk out with a couple items. You know what I mean? Go into, um, you know, the Chanel stores, the Gucci stores, all that. And you ain't getting shit, but you know, it, it's kind of the same thing. Like you're going to pay for higher quality, right? Um, for example, well, take, for example, I can buy, I can go to Walmart and probably buy three pairs of shorts for 50 bucks. Right. But I pay like Nordstrom. uh, I'll pay, you know, 50 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever it is Mm -hmm. for one pair of workout shorts that are going to last me for years and they're comfortable and they are, they work. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) See, so I had to pull up a list of places as examples. What are high-end places? That <laughs> look them up. Macy's. Fuck. Dillard's. Wherever that John Lewis Oxford Street in London. Um, I need to go back to Dubai and just write down <laughs> the names of all the stores I saw that I could not afford to go in. Yeah. Can I even afford to walk in that door? No. Um, I know we've talked about it before where it's like you're buying something not because you want to be able to boast about the price tag. You want to mm-hmm. be able to make sure that the quality of what you're paying for is something that lasts you. Yeah. And unfortunately, you have these three mindsets and the one about buying it for quality is usually the last. Yeah. It's like, okay, what can I quote unquote afford? Mm-hmm. And then you have the Walmart yeah. options over here. And then you're looking at, oh, I want people to see what I'm buying. So I'm going to get, I'm going to stay at these places that aren't really going to offer very good training, but I'm going to get a one-on-one with them. Yeah. It's still a low level coach. Yeah. It's still low level training. Yeah. It just happens to be in like personalized or just personal attention one-on-one. So you might get slightly better results from it, Mm -hmm. but the benefit from that is often, and I see it with a lot of parents, especially in this area, look how much my kid's doing. Yeah. Yep. Especially if 
I mean, not just like how much money the family has, but if that kid is even a halfway decent athlete, mm-hmm. then they're going to have the opportunity to talk about all the things that they're doing to help them. Yeah. Versus that last one, place like this with us, you're probably going to pay even more than the the individual. Yeah. But what you get out of it as a return is so much higher than the other two combined. Yeah. Well, that's why that's why it constantly happens when people come from other gyms, other coaches, all that. Well, a classic thing is like, you know, I did CrossFit now seven, eight, eight years ago. Something like that is when I stopped doing CrossFit. Uh, somewhere around there. Like, Jesus, I can't believe 20, it's been that long. 14? Uh, it, yeah, it's been a while. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Where did the time go? But anyway. Um, people that were doing CrossFit at that time, they're mm-hmm. still doing CrossFit now. They look the same or worse. How the fuck is that possible for you to be the same or worse? Unless you're just getting old. You know, some people yeah. were at a higher level and just getting old or at a moderate or just just old general. But like if you were relatively young, how are you worse off now than you were then? I, I know this is going <laughs> a different way. I love the statement, you know, back in my prime. Like, dude, you're 28. Yeah. You're you're, pri- like last you're, year? Yeah. Your prime shit should be now. I, I mean, mean it, well, I, thought, I keep saying this too is like now do I know for sure because I could have pushed different knowledge, probably mm-hmm. pushed better. But I think, I truly believe this, anything that I could do at 22, 23 years old, mm-hmm. at that time I was fucked up. But let's just take if I was healthy during okay. that time. Um, let's just take 21. <laughs> but anyway, anything I could do in my early 20s, I feel like I could do right now. Not mm-hmm. right now, right now, but I would need to get in shape or something like that. the physical like potential. Like I have the physical potential to do that or better than I did. You know, and, mm-hmm. and at some point I might just prove that, right? Um, I, now, now it doesn't mean like I could for sure, uh, be better with better knowledge at 21, 22, 23, yes. you know, because physiologically, yes, I probably would have been better in my early twenties, mm-hmm. but there is a certain mental aspect that comes with things as well. So that's why a lot of people that do enter their prime, you know, in their mid twenties, upper twenties, it's because of the maturity factor kicks in plus the physiological factors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you shouldn't be worse off at this point. Like, what are you paying for? Think about that. If you've been paying, oh no, calculator. Let's just say, on average, I think you know. I think the CrossFit gyms are more now, but let's just say one hundred twenty dollars a month. Okay. For eight years. Oh, good God! Yeah. You spent eleven thousand five hundred dollars to not be more fit. Eleven thousand five hundred and twenty dollars to not be more fit. To not be more fit at all. To not be healthier. They might to look not at be that stronger. Say, to hey, not be what you paid that mm-hmm. you mostly to what to join the country club because that's what you're at. You're mm-hmm. at a the gym where your friends go and you're social and shit mm-hmm. and all that and you're afraid of getting shunned by the community or whatever. So you, you'll pay $120, $130 a month to go do workouts that aren't really making you any better. And that never makes sense to me. Hmm. Like I, I just, I'm baffled by it. 
like that you're not I mean how my clients that were you know started at 55 and ended at 60 with me or whatever are better mm-hmm. <laughs> like how do you not get better at all at anything the body like, like but literally they'll th- they think they think a 10 pound PR in 3 years is like getting somewhere and it's mm-hmm. not you know but i that's another rant in itself i just don't understand yeah. it so i think you had a question didn't you what are the benefits of red light therapy I mean like infrared See, about? so they're they're different and a lot of times they go together so there's a lot of research that looks at like literally just red light okay. and if you have a certain wavelength of it it's like 660 it doesn't matter um and then if you go um, below that, that's where you start to have like the near infrared and below mm-hmm. that more, then you have like your infrared light. Yeah. So the sauna that we have, like that's infrared. Mm-hmm. Different wavelength, therefore different effect on the body. Red light itself still has benefits, even though it isn't going to affect you. It's not going to heat you up the way that like an infrared yeah. sauna will. Most of that right now gets promoted towards like healthy skin. Because the market is for people who want anti-aging. Mm-hmm. And they've shown like it has positive effects on skin health. So like, well, let's give it to people who have a lot of expendable income and want to look younger. Yeah. What do they want? They want less wrinkles. They want less scars. They want less acne. Mm-hmm. And it's been shown to work on that. Why does it work, though? A big part of it is that uh, it helps with inflammation, yeah. mainly because it affects mitochondria. So the light from it stimulates cells and to... Stimulate. This isn't laser. It's no. specifically red light. Yeah. Okay. Now there, there are some products where they're like called a like a cold laser mm-hmm. or a soft laser. Yeah. Um, but it's just red light. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say just red light. Like it's that specific wavelength within it, but it's red light. Yeah. And it is like giving a cup of coffee to your mitochondria in that area, and so they produce more ATP, and so all the jobs that the cells are meant to do, which is produce collagen, repair tissue clear inflammation they all they just do it faster yeah so if you have inflammation in area and that's like the primary job that needs to be taken care of at that time and you give them coffee basically they're like all right let's do the first thing first get rid of inflammation clear things out and that's largely why it works interesting yeah that's that's definitely a you question because i like I've I've vaguely heard of mm-hmm. it, but I don't know enough about it to. What's crazy? There's more research showing that red light therapy works. Yeah. Than, like muscle stim, or like um, what's the other really big one? Like ultrasound. Uh, ultrasound. Yeah. So like uh, like athletic clinics are probably starting to use that. The red light. Yeah. They're moving more towards it there. Yeah. But it's been around for I don't know, it's like the 70s or something. Uh, yeah, I feel like. I feel like in the military I had mm-hmm. something, but I can't remember if it was like some kind of laser or if it was red light. But I would not have been surprised if they actually had like a class four laser yeah. in there to work on it, like in a therapy clinic or something. Yeah. But they have products now, like the Juve yeah. uh, is a company where they have this big panel that has multiple wavelengths of just red light. Yeah. And you just stand in front of it. Hmm. And it helps to, again, like it stimulates the mitochondria and like collagen production for like healthier skin. It can help boost uh, like testosterone. It yeah. can, uh, it's healthy for like melatonin and eyes and circadian, like all kinds of stuff. 
but it depends on what it's shining on, how long you do it, all that kind of thing. I feel like they did this. It does sound like something I, the military would do. I, I feel like I've had it before. <laughs> but again, you know, that's something. It's funny because people ask me about stuff all the time on like recover, like this, oh, this is her, this is us. You know what I start saying? Go see Dane. This isn't my feet. Like, I always pe- know that you've told them to come talk to me because they suddenly follow me on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, all right, at some point they're going to send a message. <sighs> yeah. Well, just again, I don't, I'm not someone who jumps out of my, mm-hmm. my circle where I'm at. I don't like, sure. I can maybe give you a, a little advice here and there, but what's the point when you can find it and fix it? So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, one more. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, benefits of blood flow restriction and how to get the most out of it. Wrap it as tight as you can uh, until everything falls off. Perfect. If your arm or limb or whatever does not fall off, you did not go tight enough or long enough. I want everything damaged <laughs> so they have to cut it off. Um, you know, this no, side- that's where we're going to leave. It was like right there. <laughs> <laughs> we should have. We should just cut it off right there. Done. Done. Just like put a big pause right. in there. Have, have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's something that people ask out all the time and like I feel like you know traditionally like I don't use it a lot you know but I think that there are there are time what was the question like when's the time to use it time to how to get the most out of it how to get the most out of it I mean you want to go kind of in waves um you don't want to have it on there for more than I would say like maybe 90 seconds, you know? Okay. Um, I, I think it just depends what part you're wrapping to yeah. at that point, like what you're doing, what you're wrapping, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, you can maybe get into that two minute range or something like that. Um, sure. but you know, I think it works well for, especially if you've had a minor injury, um, where you're trying to get more blood and more red blood uh, cells through that area. Uh, but, you know, people try to use it in like the classic sense of like uh, getting more blood into the muscle and promoting like almost like a fake pump in a way, um, I guess I should say. Um, there used to be this thing where they talked about doing like bicep curls uh, with the restriction and like how it would make your arms grow like an inch in 24 hours and all this shit and it's like yes your arms will look a hell of a lot bigger because you've trapped blood now in the muscle and it's going to take time for everything to kind of flush out right um is which is the same if you um get some sodium in drink a ton of water and go lift you will blow the fuck out and you'll have a pretty nasty pump, especially if you're on like lower foods and stuff at, the, at that same time. Yeah, go have Chipotle <laughs> and go lift. Yeah. You get a nasty little pump going. But, um, <clears throat> like, I, I'm not, I didn't mean to cut. There's not a protocol specifically that I found where they talk mm-hmm. about like, how long do you do it? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just saying from a safety standpoint, yeah. like there's no, there's no like, 
you should do it for this long and this type of interval. If not, like it doesn't work or what, there's really not a lot on it like that. I just, for a, for a safety standpoint, like I wouldn't sit there and have things wrapped for too long. No, no, no. Um, I found there was a meta analysis where they just put a bunch of them together and they, they have this really wide variety of, uh, using the person's like subjective pain, Mm -hmm. like scale from one to 10, how bad is it? And then they also did some where they had like anywhere from, I think, 20% to 80% occlusion with it. Mm. Uh, but they don't talk about time. They did uh, sets and reps. They said they did four sets of uh, 15 reps mm-hmm. with like the bicep curl yeah. going through it um, and things that they found with it. When I first heard about it, it was for geriatric patients. Yeah. Because the idea being that they aren't able to handle as much weight, like just the weight of yeah. something. So if you were able to get a slightly better metabolic result by having a little bit of occlusion, then they might uh, be able to prevent atrophy Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Because in a a sense, um, bodybuilding is just about getting blood into the muscle Mm -hmm. in a sense, right? So like it would make sense to, you know, for for them especially to use that, Mm -hmm. right? I just don't think it's like gonna be the separator between like oh no you know being fucking jacked and not you know right so um i typically do not waste my time with it mm-hmm. um but i think it does have benefits for certain uh recovery things mm-hmm. if you have a tweak if you have um some people a lot of people talk about doing it um like wrapping their elbow really tight mm-hmm. and then going through like reps on a bench when they're warming up mm-hmm. and then releasing it like the band flossing yeah yeah like flossing and stuff um doing that with ankles knees mm-hmm. you know stuff like that um i know some people that have kind of done it to get like their quads pumped a little bit and then they'll okay. um go to like squat or something like that um to help get some blood flow into there to, as more of like a pump where your muscles are filled with a little bit of water, a little bit of blood. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a, almost like a protective barrier because they have something wrong up the chain, you know? Okay. So I've heard of like little things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, you have to take each person's individual, each specific case is going to be individual. Yeah. Right. So, um, don't like it's not medical advice don't be like well you know my adductor hurts and he said if i wrap my fucking adductor and squat i'll be fine like no no don't do that you know there are some places that it's just it's really hard to do blood flow restriction on Mm -hmm. other places like if you wanted to do like the bicep that's a pretty easy place yeah to try to pull it off um but the thing that they have in here they went through uh endocrine effects they had vo2 max they had cardio Mm. and pulmonary effects they had muscular hypertrophy endurance there wasn't much of a difference between the group that did it the group that didn't Mm -hmm. so i like your comment on there like it's really useful for when you're injured Mm -hmm. because inherently you're not going to be able to do as much weight because you're not supposed to do as much no and if you can trap blood in there one of the best ways to help heal an injury is to have increased blood flow to the area so that you can bring everything to it that it needs yeah so if you're forcing metabolism in that area by doing less work and the muscle can't do much work to begin with, like that's a really good strategy. Yeah. But 
you know, you would want to figure out a way to make it very consistent. You got to be able to replicate it. Mm-hmm. You can't just like take a tourniquet and be like, pull it on one arm and like the next week you do it, but it's not like this stuff doesn't feel good. No. So if someone's doing it and they're like, yeah, you know, I just took like a towel and wrapped it around it. Like that's probably not going to cut it. No. And it's hard to know if that's the same pressure from week to week or day to day. Yeah. You know, it's just like, um, uh, like FST training, the the fascial stretch training. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I did that way back in the day when I was doing bodybuilding stuff and you get some nasty pumps just from that too. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's always like these little things that people talk about doing and they all have like their minute benefit in certain situations. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not like a game changer, like you're going to definitely grow if you do this hundred percent. Like, you know, could it be something that helps you move the needle a little bit in your individual instance because of what you have going on? Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. can help you out. It's not a bad strategy to try. Yeah. Again, coming back to the idea, is it something that everybody should do and becomes like general information? No, no. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we ate up most of your time, so I don't want to. Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to answer that one. I'm going to say people need need to be. I always say be a student of the game, mm-hmm. man. Like, be, you guys need to like. You gotta research things for yourself a little bit. You gotta look at like. You know, I keep referring people to different videos for different things and mm-hmm. watch someone else tell you the same exact thing that I'm telling you and it maybe it'll help you. Um but there's like there's so many questions. I'm not even gonna answer some of these <laughs> that were in my uh DMs. Like if a coach is tell <coughs> Oh god, I'm choking now. If a coach is, you know, I constantly harp like about external rotations mm-hmm. on different parts of for different lifts, squats, you know, bench, things like that. You know, and maybe I need to make a video on how to root and externally rotate. But, um, you know, if you're asking questions on like external rotation and we um, don't have one of those, how to root? No, I. W- Remember we made the upper half and then I never made the lower half oh, video okay. and the lower half is what I, God, I just get like, that's the one I've been harping on people so much about. Gotcha. Um, but like, I always say like good ones, like Chris Duffin has a squat video and I think he's at like, um, um, Mark Bell's gym, like super training or whatever back in the day with like silent mic and stuff. And there's a squat video that he has where he talks about, he literally goes over the entire squat and it is much of like what the what people actually train like how you, most coaches mm-hmm. coach the squat right and he talks about the external rotation he talks about the breathing and bracing he talks about the rooting of the feet all that stuff like i tell people like go watch that like i mean it's like 20 30 minute video mm-hmm. just watch that and like if that like that should help you a lot so yeah uh easy video just search chris duffin uh squat how to squat or something like that. And I, it'll probably come up. Okay. We can check with that in the show notes, but, um, that'll help you a lot on trying to figure that out. I probably do need to make a video on like, cause that's what, that's the game changer for a lot of people when they learn how to root their feet and to explain the squat quick, 
you know, break it down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you set in, you root your feet, and then you, once you externally rotate from the hip to floor, all right, that's one part of the chain. Mm-hmm. All right, so that tension comes up from the feet through the floor, or f- from the floor through the feet um, into IT, into adductors, into, you know, posterior chain starting to turn on, things like that, glutes, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come up the chain, your lats are locked down into your hips, you're breathing and bracing through the diaphragm. So mm-hmm. once you fill out that diaphragm, then your trunk fills, then your lats fill, and that all connects again from connection from lat to hip, you know, and then you're not necessarily pulling down the bar, but you're trying to like kind of a little bit bend it around you, right? We're in an optimal position to squat, right? You take the squat down. If you let your upper back on, you know, let's say on the way up, if you let your upper back loose, your chest is going to cave down and you're Mm -hmm. going to have one of these squats where your sternum's low and you're trying to press up and extend your upper back, right? You come down, your brace fails. You're going to, you're going to bend over quick Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to basically good morning the weight back up. Mm -hmm. You break that lower chain. That's when you get those wobbly back and forth weird squats where your legs are all over the place and you're trying to figure out your your fucking baby deer legs yep. to get the weight up, right? If you break a link in this chain at all, mm-hmm. something happens. There is a consequence to that chain breaking, mm-hmm. all right? Maybe you can muscle through it. Maybe you can't, right? But that's what people don't understand. Every single lift has a chained connection. And if you break that chained connection, you have violated one of the rules of the lift. You violate a rule, there's consequences. Think of it that way. Mm -hmm. And that's why your lift goes a certain way. Right? So that's a big thing to remember. Um, But anyway... I need to make a video at some point. All right. We'll, uh, we'll cut it there. I know you, you got to get going. I probably got to get going. I don't even know what time it is here. So. All right. Any announcements? Um, let's see. Um, when is Dan's meet in here? It's May. I'm trying to get to the date here. Um, May 21st and 22nd. So RCW meet at the gym. Oh, that's right. Uh, for weightlifting. So get signed up. I mean, it's, it's $500 for the first place. Uh, second place is 250 and third, uh, you get free entry into the next year. Um, and that's cash awards to the best male, female, junior male and junior female. So didn't he say there weren't any juniors? There wasn't even any juniors left. So if you're, if you are a junior and you sign up, you win $500. Yeah. Basically that's how it's going to go. Like, all you got to do is win. And if there's no one that signs up, you automatically you win. Automatically win. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot, lot of big money there. You don't see money in weightlifting meets too often. So um, if you know people that are weightlifters, get them into it. So, uh, No, that's exciting, though. It's good to have that back. All right. Well, yeah, that'll be it for today. Um, I think that's it for announcements too. So should be good to go. All right. As always, you know, share the podcast, tag us, tag each other. Everybody play tag.
five star ratings. You know, five star rating if you can. Um, same thing with like our Google. Like if you're you know, if you're somebody that uh, we train or you've been to this gym, um, or if you want to go just support, you can throw down a five star review on Google for the gym. Uh, anything less than that, just don't even leave one. So don't be one of those people. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all for today. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you later.